Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my buddy, Mike Wang. He's the Asian persuasion. No, he didn't pay me to say that. Uh, he's a GM Open USPSA shooter and match director. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. Good, good. I like the background. You really took some time to put that up. Yeah. <laughs> I have strategically moved things around to make my room look really cool. Um, and I'm hiding my floor so you can't see that. Of, <laughs> no, mine's bad. A lot of clutter there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want to know, like, your background, because I know we've met just from shooting, but when did you actually start shooting USPSA? Um, so, I started shooting USPSA in late 2018, I think. 2020. Yeah, yeah, so, like, uh, late 2018, I think. So, I bought my first gun in October of 2018, basically. Like, it was, like, a it was a stainless steel tw- uh, 1911 in 45, you know, had to start with the Lord's Caliber. Um, so I bought one of those at Hoover Tactical, actually, who are the guys that sponsor me now, which is kind of funny. But that was my first gun ever. Um, I grew up kind of shooting guns. Um, you know, my dad's a pretty big gun enthusiast, and uh, he got me into it and showed me all the safety rules and everything growing up. Um, but I was always moving around all the time, and I didn't want to, like, end up moving to a state that wasn't gun friendly. Like I, I majored in finance school. So I was like, you know, maybe someday I'll move to New York or something. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to like buy a gun and have to get rid of it. Uh, I moved to Alabama and I was like, this is like gun heaven. So <laughs> I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm good to buy a gun now. Um, and I shot it at uh, a Hoover tactical indoor match. We hold, we hold a match every Thursday night. Um, so I went there and just, I, I showed up with my, with my 1911 and just got, like destroyed i got like 13th out of 14th i still remember um the last time i ever shot the gun in a match uh and then i bought a shadow two like the week after <laughs> i shot um yeah so i shot production for like four or five months um and then in april of 2019 is when i got my open gun and uh started shooting open and i've just been shooting open ever since okay so when you were uh with the first two guns were you reloading or buying factory ammunition uh I was, uh, I can't remember if I was reloading for my production gun. I think I start. yeah, I started reloading with my Shadow 2 for sure. Okay. Um, I remember now. So I was loading on a Hornady at the time. <laughs> oh, little press. I get, I got so much shit for re- reloading on a Hornady from all my Dolan friends. And now I'm loading on a Mark 7. So like, now I get to look down on all those peasants, but you know. <laughs> um, but now I, uh, yeah, I shot production for like four months and I was like, I can't do this iron sight thing. Like I just... I still physically can't like shoot with iron sights. Like I have to close an eye or something. And I tried really hard to keep both eyes open. And like, I just couldn't, I couldn't like front sight focus, which people were telling me that I was supposed to do, but I, just, I target focus hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. So my transition to open was super easy because you, you know, you target focus with a dot. Um, so, yeah. I gotta know yeah. then, like if you're, since you're GM and open, do you think it's fair to say that you should be a masterclass in production with iron sights? no i'm like a b-class shooter in iron sights like for sure and uh, it's funny you mentioned that because i am only classified in open uh actually i hit g I, i'm classified in pcc too now and, and that's because we shot uh two gun nationals and i had to shoot a practice match at cmp 
before we went and there was a classifier there. And so that's my fourth classifier. I've only got four classifiers for PCC. I'm unclassified in everything else and I'm an, I'm an open grandmaster. So it's uh, kind of funny. But what are you that, classified that in PCC? So, so what? What are you classified in PCC? Uh, I mean, I'm by default M, but I'm pretty sure it's like a 40%. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I'll look it up at some point, but uh, it's, it's low. It's not, it's definitely not M. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, PCC is fun, but I'm just no good at it. So it's something I need to get better at as well. I just think it's interesting that, uh, they expect, yeah, like revolver. If you're GM open, you've got to be master <laughs> revolver. It's like, what? I don't even own a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm think not, I, I would pay money to watch you shoot a revolver. I, I would pay money to not have to shoot a revolver. Like I, <laughs> so I, I like, I'm not a, I'm not really a gun guy. And like, I say that, like, you know, I don't, I guess I'll have to explain that a little bit, but like, I've, I've always liked guns growing up. Right. Like I've always, you know, guns are cool. They're cool in movies, they're cool in video games and all that. Um, but I'm not like, uh, like if you told me about this, like obscure gun, like I'd be like, I, I don't know what that is. I shoot like a space gun and that's all I know. Like I, I know my thing. Um, I don't have a revolver. I have no interest in shooting it. Maybe someday I'll just shoot it for fun, like one match. But um, no, that's not my, not really my thing. <laughs> yeah. So okay, the move to open then was that like I'm curious about. Did you have influence to switch to open? Did you have people like giving you advice, or you're just like, hey, I'm gonna learn what open is? Uh, so yeah, like I said, I'm shooting production, and I just the I, the iron sights didn't vibe with me, and I I just knew I wanted to shoot dot because like. Even when you like like play video games, for example, I, I play a ton of like video games. Um, there's like a red dot uh, on the screen usually, or there's like a crosshair on the screen. Like usually you're not having to look down Ironside. Like some, sometimes you do, but like usually not. Um, I knew I wanted to move to it. <laughs> I bought a um, I bought one of those fifty dollar dovetail mounts for my Shadow Two. Like instead of getting it properly milled, I went the cheap route, <laughs> and I just wanted to try it out because I didn't know if I liked it or not. I've never really shot a, a dot gun before. Um, so I, I tried that for like a match or two and I was like, or not even a match. I think I just shot it at the range and I was like, yeah, this is what I want. So I was like, I'm either going to like pay the money to get my dot milled and shoot carry optics, or I'm just going to go straight to open. And like the first time I ever saw an open gun, like a picture of one, I was like, I want that thing someday. And I was like, and I, I did so much mental gymnastics to convince myself to buy the open gun. I was like, and I mean, that's like $4,000, but like you know, a carry optics gun, like if I get a mill, they have to buy all the mags. And I was like adding all this stuff to it that I knew I wasn't making it there, but eventually I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to go for it. And it was honestly like the best decision of my life. Cause I think if I went with that carry optics gun, I would, don't think I would be where I am today. Yeah. Like, so what open gun did you end up buying? I got an STI DVC open. Okay. Um, and, and again, that was April of 2019. So it's been like two and a half years now of shooting open, but I got one in, in stainless steel. It's like a, it was like a brushed chrome finish. Um, I shot it a bunch. I actually won the first major I ever shot was Georgia State in 2019, and I won B class with it. Hey. Um, and then the slide cracked like 7,000 rounds in. Yep. And um, like, you know, you, you've kind of heard like they had a rough patch. I see had a rough patch where they had slides cracking like right by the ejection port or sometimes near the comp. Um, so I contacted them and they were just like, we're just going to send you a brand new gun. So they gave me a brand new gun. It was a black DVC open. And that gun was a champion. Like, I think it's, I don't know how many rounds are down it, but actually um, just sold it to my buddy and he is now shooting it and he just shot nationals with it. He likes it a lot, but that, that thing is a champion. Um, almost never goes down. And I say that, I said that right before a match, like a local match one time. And then my extractor broke. Mm -hmm. So like I've learned not to test the, uh, the shooting gods, but um, that, that gun is definitely a champion. So which goober did you sell it to? 
<laughs> as old as a Lee Henderson. He's a he's a buddy from our. You know Lee. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's um no, he likes it all. I mean, he was shooting an open Glock before, like in forty, and uh, everyone was like, "You got to shoot a 2011." I mean, uh, he had you know pretty decent success with it, but there's just a lot of factors into shooting a 2011 that help. Like everyone else has one. If a part goes down, you can borrow someone's recoil spring or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So when did you make the switch to getting an Infinity? Uh, so that happened in, I think I got it, shoot, I'm pretty good with dates usually. I think I got it in July of last year. So it's been like a year and a few months. Um, and I was totally happy with my open gun and not, you know, I knew what Atlas was. I knew what like a tie was. I actually didn't really know what SV was. Like I I'd heard the name just because of their magazines when I was doing like magazine research, but I'd never really like seen any of their guns or been on their site or anything. I remember we were at dinner after one of our Hoover tactical, like indoor, indoor uh, range, like match days. And two of my buddies, Chase, Chase Lane is actually one of my teammates, Alex Joyner being the other one, but Chase and my other friend, Peter, Peter Adams, they were, they just brought it up and they were like, you should go on the SV infinity website. And, and I was, I was like, whatever. I remember, I literally remember pulling it up and that blue gold, uh, the blue gold and silver gun popped up right in the front. Um, and I was just like, I need that thing like right now. <laughs> and I went from being like, Oh, my $4,000 gun is perfect to like literally building a spec out on their website. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like even, even $4,000 for like one gun, like a pistol is insane. Um, but I guess when you, when you just go to open, it's just, everything's really expensive, I guess. But, um, I'm super happy with the decision. Like I love my gun. It's, it's amazing. So. I have no regrets. You don't have a backup gun though, right? You just have the main. <laughs> the gun I still delete was my backup gun. It wasn't a great backup gun because it had a you know, plastic grip and there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with the plastic grip in my opinion. Just when I switched back and forth, it took me like a week or two um, to really like settle in and switch. And that's not something where if my gun went down in the middle of a major match that I could just switch next to a switch and then shoot the next stage just like I shot the last stage. So um, I sold that to him with the in intent of getting a second SV. Um, and it's supposed to be here like at any time. It's it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Um, but it's supposed to be here, I don't know, hopefully in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm really waiting for that call. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to look crazy. It's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to look really dumb, actually. No, I think it'll be fun. But you and I both like color. So, yeah, it's it's strong person. Like, I like that stuff. Yeah, when I was when I was talking to Casey on the phone about it, um, I told him the color scheme I wanted, and, he, and I'm like, I can't find one on your site. He's like, we've never built one in that color scheme. Like, I have no idea what it's gonna look like. <laughs> so I photoshopped one, and I think it could look really dumb. <laughs> like, it, it's, sorry, that's smart to Photoshop it. If, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, so it's okay. So just for all the listeners, I guess it's gonna be. The, the base is going to be black. Like it's going to be um, like black DLC um, coating or whatever. All of the, like, uh, like all of the little parts, like the comp and the mag release and all that, all, all that's going to be gold. Just like, just like how it is on my gun now. Like all the screws are going to be gold, the hammer, all that stuff. But then the scope mount and the mag well and the mainspring housing are going to be pink, like anodized pink. So it's going to be a black, pink and gold gun. And I think, <laughs> like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. There's no reference picture or anything. So. Um, but the, the good thing is if I end up hitting it, I can just replace like the, the scope mount and the magwell <laughs> and 
get a different color. So solid, solid. I think it'll be fine. Though. I really like pink. Oh yeah, no, you're very colorful. <laughs> I still like your your grip. It's flashy. The uh, my SP grip. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's the same grip and everything. I, I tried to make it as identical as possible. I think that's yeah. pretty important. Oh yeah. Um, what optic do you run? It's an interesting question to ask. Um, I run two optics at the moment. <laughs> I run an RTS2, um, Seymour RTS2. Those are great optics. I also run a, uh, a SIG Romeo 3XL. Um, and I run them because every three to six months, they die. <laughs> and then I have to switch to the other one. Um, and that, you know, that's not saying anything about the, the optics of the companies. I don't know. But I think... Um, so I the RTS2 on both of my older STIs ran without a hitch. Like they are running strong. It's been, I don't know, so many, so many thousands of rounds. Um, but for some reason my gun likes to kill dots. And I was talking to the guy at Seymour, I was talking to Greg at Seymour, and he was like, Yeah, those infinity guns tend to run a little like hard. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I can, you know, when I shoot my gun, I can tell it's like the the impact is pretty heavy. Like it, it doesn't mean like the gun recoils really hard or anything, it's just there's a lot of gas coming out, um, which is which is kind of what you want in an open gun. You want the, you want to work the comp, um, but there's a lot a lot of gas coming out. And um, he was mentioning that sometimes the scope mounts are a little bit harder of a metal, so it doesn't absorb as much of the shock or whatever. Mm -hmm. Plus, whenever I change the 38 super comp, um, I've got I've got a nine barrel and a 38 super comp barrel for my gun. When I switch to 38, um, which I just did for nationals, uh, I can tell that that load is working even harder than normal. So literally two days before nationals, I was out at practice and the third shot in my RTS2 died. So I was like, well, I guess I'm taking it off and putting it on my Romeo and resetting everything in. So I had like a day, day to scramble and fix everything. Um, but the opposite happened at Area 6 this year. Literally the night before the Area 6, we were at the hotel dry firing and my SIG dot doesn't want to work. And so I had to switch it that night, like lock tight it and everything, and then go to the practice bay and sight in my gun like the morning of. Uh, um, so I've had, I'm either the luckiest or the unluckiest guy in the world when it comes to like uh, red dots dying on my gun. So. <laughs> so you can't even replace the battery. Like it's just, it's done. No, like, you know, usually the, the dot just flickers and then every time I fire the gun, it flickers or it just completely dies. And even <laughs> when I change the battery out, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. Solid. But um, thankfully, the uh, the warranties for both those companies are fantastic. Like I sent my dot, I sent my RTS two in a couple of days ago, and I called him, and he's like, "Yeah, we shipped it like yesterday." That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then same same with Sig, they just send me a brand new dot every time. So, <laughs> yeah. So okay, you shot B class, you won a B class at Open. Where did you jump from in classifications to get to where you are now? Uh. So yeah, I started. I, I classified in B and open. Um, and then that was the only major, major match I shot, uh, Georgia state 2019. Um, pretty quickly after that, I can't remember exact dates for all of my classifications, but I hit a shortly after that sometime be before May, because in May of 2020, we shot, um, at Missouri, we shot the Ozarks classic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually took high overall at that match. Like I, didn't expect it at all. Like I, I literally was just like some random A-class guy from Alabama coming to Missouri and shooting their match. And um, I ended up winning that one. Um, and I had no idea. I was just like shooting. And then my friend Brewer was like, I've been looking at the scores and like, it looks like you might win. And I was like, you're, you're kidding me. Like, there's no way. So that was my first high overall. It was freaking awesome. 
um, trip was really fun. Uh, and then I remember I hit um, the week before Alabama State, which I was like, I, I've never been like a classification guy. Like I, I don't care what I'm classed at. Um, I just like to like do well at matches. Yeah. Um, so I shot a classifier the week before and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sandbag it. I'm not going to do anything different. I'm just going to shoot it like I normally shoot it. And I ended up bumping up to, um, um, I, luckily I won um, in Alabama state. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I got kind of lucky there, but like, um, I hit M and then I think January of this year is when I hit GM. So cool. yeah, again, just awesome. shooting matches normally. I've, I've always, um, I was always called a sandbagger because I feel like there's two types of shooters. There's, there's like the accuracy and like fundamentals guys and, and girls. And then there's like the, um, like the speed maniacs, like I always was. So <laughs> I was always just running around really fast and missing everything for like a whole year before I actually started like landing my shots. So I was never any good at classifiers. So I would win matches as a, as a B class person and um, just bomb all the classifiers. So, <laughs> yeah, but somewhere in there I found my accuracy and, and uh, it's been pretty good. So when did you like make that that switch, I guess, where you're like, okay, I want to take this seriously, or was that right when you you know moved to open that you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this? Like, did you have goals back then to reach where you are now? Uh I, I don't think I had any goals in the beginning. Like I didn't know enough to be like, I wanna do speed first and then accuracy second. Like I just knew I liked shooting open because I liked be running around really fast. Um <laughs> and being super hyper. Like my friends now tell me, they didn't tell me at the time, but when they first met me, they were like scared of me because they didn't want me to like trip or anything like that. That was me. You're spastic. <laughs> yeah. Terrible to RL. Like it's just like, I don't know what he's about to do. <laughs> they would like st- like stack behind each other, like to yeah. you know. Um, but um no, I think the first time I really like I was always the guy that was like Every time I would see a Delta, I'd be like, yes, I got a Delta. Like, I love it. I'm shooting major. Like, bring on the Deltas. Um, and I think it was after I took Christian Siler's class. Uh, I think it was, like, a month after Nationals last year. Took his class, and then I took, um, you know, JJ's class this year as well. Is when I started to realize accuracy is a little bit more important. Like, there actually is a numerator to the hit factor scoring in USPSA. So, um I started to work on that. And honestly, since last year's nationals, I didn't work on speed or movement, like really hardcore. Like I was doing before, like all I was doing was trying to get faster and faster. I spent the entire year just working on accuracy, focus, concentration, execution. Um, So like when I look back at my videos from last year, I don't look like I'm like shooting any better than I was back then. But like my scores show that I've just drastically like improved a lot since then. So did you um, keep close to your speed or did you have to cut back a little bit on speed to get the hits? uh i didn't say i didn't i didn't tell myself like go slower yeah um, and i know like a lot of guys will say that like it, you don't like ever like say go slower or whatever like um but i was i, I was just calling my shots like i literally and th- this is like crazy to like think about but like i literally for the first year and a half to two years of shooting i didn't call any shots like i i just like saw brown on paper and pulled um Free gun. And, Free gun. yeah right like I would, I would finish a stage and some of my friends are like, oh yeah, I know I had like a high alpha here and then like a, a, a low delta on the back, on the bottom left. And I'm like, it's like I blocked out for the stage for that like 10, 20 seconds I blacked out. I'm like, I, I can't tell you where any of my hits landed. I just know that like there's somewhere on the paper. Um, and when I finally started to like train myself to call shots and all that, which again was just this year, <laughs> um, I was, I'm now, I'm now able to like call a lot better. And instead of using the whole target as a, as my target, I 
like the A zone is my target now. Right. So like you aim small, minus small, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that really, um, yeah, I just, I really just worked on all my fundamentals this year. Um, and that just kind of elevated, elevated me like a little bit. So what did like Christian and JJ point out in your shooting, like that you needed the most improvement on? Um, there was a lot like that. So like Christian's class was, it was, it was like an, it's called the infinity experience, you know, back with when he was with SB. Um, it was kind of like a, it was a two day thing, but it was kind of half training and half like a factory tour and like an, an infinity tour. Um, so I wouldn't say it was like two days of just like training. I think that's what he does now, but yeah. um, back then it was like a half and half. And um, he taught me a ton of like fundamental stuff that I like never knew, like trigger prepping on an open gun was a completely foreign concept to me. And even for like a couple months after I was like, is this guy just like messing with me? Like, <laughs> is this, because I mean, it's like a two pound trigger on an open gun. I'm like, what are, what are you prepping? You I, just pull the trigger. Flat Atlas yeah. limited gun. There's still take up in that. There is. Stage, yeah. And the difference between prepping and not prepping is insane. Like it is actually insane. Um, and I'll talk about that more in a little second when I talk about JJ's class, but um, I'd always told myself I was going to practice it, but, learning the trigger prep is really hard because like you're going to have a lot of NDs or as JJ calls them EDs, like early discharge, a lot of ED problems. <laughs> um, and it's just something I, like, I knew that Christian told me to do, but I never really worked on. Like I worked on the other stuff that he taught me. Um, but, you know, and then come JJ's class, I think it was June or July of this year. Um, and he, we actually, we, we, that was two full days of, you know, of shooting. And he made me run some drills, like a 25 yard mini popper. And I just kept missing it. Like, I, I just couldn't hit it. And, like, you know, I, I was trying to do the drill again and again, just missing that popper. And he was like, all right, this time I don't care what you do. I don't care what your time is. Just, like, prep your trigger beforehand. And I was hitting it, like, every time. Mm-hmm. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, all right, I got to do this. Like, I have to do this. So it took me freaking, I don't know, months of just sitting, like, on the couch and, like, just, you know, like, or just drawing, like, when I dry fire and, like, bringing my finger there before I pull a shot like it's just it took forever I think I'm kind of there now um but it's 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 a concept that's kind of foreign to me and I, and I would imagine most people and it's just but it's a game changer once you're able to nail it down there's a lot of people too uh, and I was one of them starting out that thought that the trigger reset is something that you should like play with I mean that's not in our our, our triggers now but I mean think about how many people are just playing waiting for the shot to fire then taking their finger off to just yeah yeah, and 95% of the time it's not a problem. But every once in a while you'll get that really hard shot and you'll get a little nervous. And sometimes you'll you'll do it right, but other times you'll just jerk the trigger so hard yep. that the it's completely off paper and if you just prep it, it like it'll hit like every time. Like it just will. It's kind of like magic. It's it's crazy. I don't know. It's neat. It just yeah. works for me at least. So after JJ's class, did he make you like set goals for this year? Um I, and he's going to kill me if he did. And I'm not remembering, like, I don't know if he made us individually set goals, but he is, he's the first one that ever told me that I was going to make super squad this year. He's like the first one that believed in me. And like, after the class, like literally right after the class, he was like, I want to see you. And I want to see Jacob in the super squad. Cause you're going to be there. And obviously J- Jacob made super squad from last year, but he was like, um, you're going to make super squad this year. And I was like, there's no way like this is not going to happen. Like, it's just, um, you know, at the time I was just like, I'm probably going to get maybe like top 20, 25 would be nice or whatever. Um, but he kept telling me that and he kept telling me that. And like, so that, that became my goal for the end of the year, yeah. um, was to make super squad. I still, I still kind of feel like I got 12, as you know, 
Um, I know top 10 for sure. Is it? I'm not sure if, if it's top 12. I know the squads are usually 12, but I was also told that since next year is a world shoot year, it might be kind of weird. They might not do like the super squad. They might like have the people like going to the world shoot shoot together or something. So it might be like a, but at the end of the day, my goal was to like be eligible for super squad, I guess. And whatever happens next year is what happens. And like, you know, you know, the USB state is going to do what they need to do, but I feel like I accomplished what I set out to. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So let's go into 2021 open limited nationals. <laughs> so your yeah. one goal makes super squad going in. Um, so we've got that laid out, but uh, how did you mentally prepare for nationals? Uh. I think I think I really just prepped like all year for it. Um, like I said, most of what I did this year was just like execution focused. Um, I guess I said focus already, but like focus, focus. Like I just needed to like because like I said, when I before when I shot stages, I was kind of just on autopilot. Um, I was like, I need to step my foot there. I need to do that and that. I need to hit this position, but I was never focusing on. I need to call every shot on the target. I need to like get alphas here. I I was never like. I was never aiming at a spot on the target, which is also really important. Yeah. I was kind of just somewhere in the center, somewhere in the brown um, or the, you know, the white for the steel is good and just pull the trigger twice. Now I like find a spot on the target and hit there. Um, but all that kind of culminated together. Um, South Carolina, uh, the South Carolina sectional, which was July maybe or June um, or May. I can't remember. It's somewhere in the middle of the year. Oh, wow. That was the that was the first match that I finished and I was like, that was the best match I've ever shot because I called like all my shots. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I still took second on that one, but like it was, it was close. I shot the match of my life then. Um, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Who beat you on that one? Uh, so Bill, Bill Drummond, but I, I met Bill, uh, this past weekend at nationals. Good shooter, yeah. He, he's so, he's such a solid shooter. Such a nice guy too. I actually messaged him on uh, Facebook after he beat me. And I was like, I really thought I had it because, um, Dexter, I knew Dexter was shooting. I didn't realize Bill was shooting that match. I knew Dexter was shooting and I was like this, but Dexter's probably the guy to beat. And he shot before me. So when I finished up, I saw that I put two or 3% on Dexter. And I was like, all right, I think I got this. And then Bill comes over and just like sweeps me by two or three percent. And I'm like, damn. He's a really um, good shooter. And he's like, yeah, I've been shooting that long or haven't been shooting that much this year. I was like, uh, can't tell. Yeah. I was like, you he shot very well. He shot very well. And then he actually got took second to him in Georgia State of last year also. So he he keeps putting me, you know, in his second place basket. And uh, so uh, I'll get him someday. I'll get you someday, Bill. But, um, you know, it, it'll be tough because he's such a solid shooter i feel like i've got to skip then to uh what happened at area five? Oh, <laughs> 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 we don't talk about area five no i'm just kidding um no it was uh so i mean i think that kind of goes along with, the, with your previous question i think um I'll, I'll segue into it by saying that uh south carolina i match motored the whole thing very well and at that point i was like i just need to maintain this like i don't want to slip into speed mode again and like just you know, shoot like a crazy monkey again. I want to like maintain this and get good at this match mode. Um, and so we shot, uh, there were a few months between and then we shot area five, then Georgia and then national. So, and I shot area five with zero mics, which for someone like me, like I said, my accuracy is garbage, but for someone like me shooting a whole major with no mics is insane. And then I shot Georgia state with no mics. And then I shot 
and the summer blast which is in dothan gun club um it's technically a level one but it's it's uh built like a, a major match it's like 10 stages with prizes and everything no mics there so i shot three matches in a row with no mics and i was like i just need to maintain this if i shoot like this at nationals no matter what happens i'll be happy um and then we can go into nationals in a little bit but i guess you yes to very five i shot so well at area five you know I, I only made small mistakes i didn't make any big mistakes um i like crushed it on the strong hand weekend stage which is where i gained like i think i gained like 40 points on most most guys on that stage um again like i said i had no mics or anything um stage one was like our eighth stage or whatever um and uh and i'm only i'm only i'm only talking about this because i know it's what you're asking about <laughs> stage, stage one was like the best stage of my match right um it was actually the one that i would have won first place on i didn't i didn't win any stages at area five um it's not about winning stages at majors it's about being consistent yep right i was like between like third and like 10th on every stage yep. and that almost got me a win but stage one would have been a stage when I, I just blazed it down i don't know what it was there were like there were like two papers in the front uh two poppers one activated a swinger and then there's a bunch more paper in the back and then you turn the corner and there's like, I think it was two poppers or three poppers. And then a poppers, couple of more paper. You had a fucking perfect double eight on the last target on the left. And I'm screaming like, yeah, like I was, oh, I'm stoked for you. Yeah. I was just God. on a roll that stage. Like it, I shot it like a true GM. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm a GM, but like most stages I'm like, I could have done that better. Like that stage. I don't, there's nothing I could have done better. Um, it was a 9.9 .9 hit factor. Um, and the previous best was like a 9.2 or something yeah. and uh and then my buddy pasted my target prematurely <laughs> so i had to reshoot it um and you know we're not gonna say his name or anything he's a super nice guy but uh yeah. uh i had to reshoot it and i was the last shooter on the stage so i had to like go fill my mag up and like get right back on there um obviously i was kind of like you know flustered because uh, it was such a good run and my weakness has always been steel like i'm so bad at steel and that's what uh christian did a um 2020 nationals video review with me for like an hour like we watched my whole video and he told me like pretty like he told me a lot of stuff but he was pretty much like if you just hit all your steel one for one you would have had the same time as me and that's how important it was for me so i went one for one on all the steel on that stage place it down so i had to go back up there and i was like i don't know if i can do it again I, I i doubted myself got back up there again shot the front section perfectly shot the back perfectly went over to the left there were two poppers and like what the one paper or two paper or whatever left and i just literally like shipped the bed so hard <laughs> like I, I think i missed the first popper and then i and then i you know i had to make it like twice i had trigger freeze because of all that and like basically brought my hit factor down to a nine um, so almost a whole hit factor lower when I, uh, when I calculated out later, it was 10 points that I had lost, um, from my, from my reshoot and I lost the whole match by like two points. So, um, you know, if, if that hadn't happened, I, I would have had my first area win, but at the end of the day, um, I should be able to perform at that same level every single time. So I really, I, I, I choked on the reshoot. Cause it happens it happens to everyone it happened at nationals to a bunch of people so i heard it happen on the super squad even i don't know what what the deal was with that but like it happens to everyone so it's just part of the game you just have to kind of uh you just gotta deal with it and just hope that you can you know perform as well as you did the first time or if you got a bunch of mics and you get a reshoot then you know 
thank you lucky gods or whatever. Or like when I fell on my knees as hard as possible and the timer didn't pick up the time and I got to reshoot. <laughs> that is, that's pretty lucky. Yeah. So you were there for that. that. I don't even know if you remember that. You're so not there. Was I there? <laughs> You're was on area five. Area five. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I'm just like in, in like a whole, like people are like, you look kind of scary or like kind of antisocial, but sometimes, sometimes I'm okay. And then sometimes I'm just like, I need to focus. Yeah. Um, because if I get too unfocused and I won't like do my visualization and all that. So, <laughs> well, and that was the split squad two bay stage too, which was, I have no idea where anybody was at that point. <laughs> I, re- I remember when that happened. Uh, wait, was that stage two? Cause you got to reach on stage two, right? It was before stage seven. Six and five? Oh, that was one of our first stages then. Oh, yeah. I shot the whole fucking match and the whole up top with all the field courses with no kneecaps. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but I finished. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, that was a fun squad to shoot on, though. I like shooting with it, all those guys. It was awesome. It's, it's, always, it's always fun to shoot. So, uh, you got to share the story of this stupid traveling Lamar. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So do I go into, like, what we talked about before or no? Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is, this is on the way to area five and, um, my buddy, my teammate, Chase Lane, his real name, his real name is Lamar. So like, we'll just call him Lamar once in a while. We went to a gas station on the way to area five and I find, I find this rack of like stuffed animals and I'm just walking by going to the bathroom and I see one and it's, it's like a beanie baby. It's got one of, it's got one of those like tags on it that said its name and his name was blue Sapphire. And I was like, I have to buy this thing. And that's because, well, no, I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's name is just Sapphire, but it's blue. So I was like, okay, it's a blue Sapphire. The, for my bachelor party in Vegas, it's, it's one of the biggest strip clubs in the country is called blue Sapphire. And I was like, I have to buy this, have to send it to all my boys back home. Like it's, it was meant to be. So I bought that thing. There was another one. There was another like rainbow unicorn. And Jake, my buddy that we were going with, bought this thing. And he's like, this is Lamar now. Like, this is Lamar 2.0 because Chase couldn't make it to the match with us. So he's just like, yeah, this is Lamar. This is going to be a good luck charm for a whole match. So during the match, every time we needed some good luck or we needed some whatever, we would just like rub Lamar's head. And we took a bunch of selfies with it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think Lamar helped at all. He lost the area five and I ended up being <laughs> He helped me on a couple stages. He helped me on that strong hand weekend stage. It was like the last stage of the, the day. last stage, yeah, that we ever shot. Uh, yeah. I like PCC but, for that. Let's just strong hand. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you had no jams or anything, right? Like that ran. That, no, but then I did extra shot, extra hit because uh, on the left hand, it's okay. No, that's on you, though. That's on I had ninety five percent of that stage. I was. This happy. is blue sapphire, by the way. <laughs> and I actually, I bought another one. So my other teammate, uh, Alex Joiner. I, I I like shower him with gifts. Like I'm like his like Korean Santa. Like I'll I just give him like I, I have a three D printer. And I three D print like little trophies <laughs> for him. Like uh, you know we, we won't talk about like what it is, but like you know I give him like trophies and stuff. And so I've got something for him that I'm gonna give him at some point. I just don't know when. But <laughs> he's gonna like it. Like it. All right, we digress. But I had I had to get. Yeah, that. sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, I love it. That was my favorite. Um, so going back to to nationals, you've got the the mental game stuff down. Um, like, how did you physically prepare? Other than just matches, did I know you pretty well? But do you eat right? Do you? Uh... So like, you don't ask me any more questions about physical preparedness because there's none. Like, I am a fat slob. Um, I I don't I don't work out, which I I need to because like it's actually like my 
post nationals resolution to like get a little bit more in shape because my body's falling apart now. Um, and I kind of joke about that, but like kind of not. Um, but like every once in a while, it's, it's the third time now, every once in a while I'll be shooting a match and like, you know, I'll be, I'll twist my body and then like I tweak my back. And for like the next two or three weeks, my back is injured. It happened to me on the third stage at Georgia state. Like literally I couldn't walk for like a few minutes. Um, so I need to like work on my core. I need to like, uh, if, if I shoot like a 20 second field course, I'm out of breath. So that's pretty pathetic. I need to, <laughs> I need that not to happen. <laughs> um, well, uh, at longer matches, like when you shoot an area match and it's like 12 stages in one day, I usually get pretty tired by the end of the day. I'm just from standing around and walking around all the time. And like, I know everyone gets tired, but I feel like it hits me particularly hard. And after about eight or nine stages, my performance, like, no, like nose dives. Yeah. So that's always been something I've been trying to work on. I did really well at Area 5. I don't know what it is. I think I just kept up with all my, like, PDLA and, like, eating <laughs> snacks stuff. And Lamar and you helped. So um, I think that's what got me through. But I was your hype squad. I was stoked. I don't know if you've listened to any of your videos, but I'm screaming at the end of it. I'm like, what just happened? Oh, I was, yeah, I was definitely stoked. Definitely. For sure. Especially, good. well, you know, it's sad now. But, like, after that first run on stage one, everybody was like, yeah, boy. And, yep. and then I was like, you got to reshoot it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I definitely listened to like, all that. That didn't go as well. <laughs> <laughs> no. The most important thing is after that stage, like, and after the reshoot, like, obviously, I was like, I was really, really bummed out after the reshoot. Like, I, I literally wanted to, I shot the whole, the whole match so well. And then after that reshoot, I was like, I just want to go home and like quit. Like, I, like, I knew I wasn't going to, I just felt like that. But then on stage two, I was like, screw it. Like, that's, that's behind you now. Like, you just, you do what you can. And, um, and I shot like lights out on stages two, three, and four. I think those were our last stages. And, um, you know, I still ended up doing very well. So, and like, I won't say three is complex, but two had the stupid window off. Yo, that you had to, yeah, yeah. we can all that. Yeah. Those are hard. And to yeah. keep going, we, that was a long day. <laughs> it was, it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So like for nationals. I saw your post and I know you're a little bit sad, but how did day one go for you? Oh, oh, like my nationals post? Yeah. So like you had three days of nationals, right? So how did like the day one? Yeah. Um, day one was my worst day. Um, like I said, I just shot three or four majors back to back with zero mics. And then I had basically four mics on day one at nationals. But you were um, in zone c right in the back c yeah we started on zone c um the stages weren't like super uh crazy or anything um a lot of the target presentations were pretty difficult but like it's not like the stages were like completely like, totally elaborate or anything like that it was really just about execution and, and hitting your shots and everything um i got a mic on my very first stage of the match like i literally it was the last target it was a static paper completely wide open it was probably 25 yards out um but it was like after a popper activator and then a swinger, and then it was just, and if you, I watched my video again, it's not like I was being very splitty on that target. I don't know what happened. I just, I remember calling a, a low left Charlie. That's where my dot was. And then I must have jerked my trigger. So yeah. it, it took it out of the, out of the uh, zone. And I remember looking at it, like pausing after I finished and looking at it and be like, I don't see that second hole, but like, I'm pretty sure I called it. So I didn't take it, yep. get up there and I missed it. It's not a big deal. I, I allotted myself, like, said, like, maybe four mics maximum for the whole match. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's that. But then the last stage of the day was that um, strong hand weekend stage. 
And like I said, I crushed it at area five. Like my, my one handed shooting is it's something that I've always hated, but I feel like I got very confident, confident in it over the last few weeks. Um, and you know, my strong hand especially has been like super like solid, I feel like. And uh, I just got up there and I don't know what happened. I just got too excited or maybe I just said, you know, this is a stage I'm going to earn a lot of points on or whatever. And I missed the same target twice, once with each hand. It was the center array, top target, missed it twice. And then on my weak hand, I missed it so bad that it hit the target below it and I got an extra hit. So I basically got like three penalties on it um, and ended up like 60%, like 60 something percent on that stage. Yeah, uh, maybe worse after Super Squatch. I, I forgot to look, but don't look. Uh, well, now I kind of want to look. You know, my friends are here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is what it is. It's over and done with now. But like, I really like wanted to pick myself after that stage because it was one I was supposed to do well on, and then I just it looks good though. Uh, you know, it looks really good. So like, when I post on Instagram, no one will see my hits. So yeah, that's fine. I will know and I will see. So every single time, by the way, I'm this person. Every single time I'm at a match and I like know how their stages went. I like go look up their actual practice where it's like nobody has the app. And I'm like, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. What about those three targets you ran past? It happens a lot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you just want to be that guy where it's like, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, but it uh, I was told that it, it looked sporty, which usually means that you kind of push the edge a little bit and uh, right. So. so when you left the range that day, you know, and having to come back for day two, um, like what did you do that night and that morning, like to just clear that out of your mind and go back to day two? Uh, I don't know that I really did anything that night. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously I went home kind of bummed and, you know, I was trying to with my wife and she was being, um, you know, super supportive and all that. Uh, her name's Juliet. Uh, she's always supportive and everything. So it's good. But, um, I think one thing, you know, after talking out with her for five or 10 minutes, I just looked at her and I said, like, when we look back on this match someday, we're going to say that day one was my worst day of the match. Mm -hmm. And I think that phrase is what kind of like I kept thinking that on the second day. Um, and, you know, after I shot a couple of stages on day two, I was like, all right, we're back in this thing. So, like, I think that's back on a roll um, and just kept shooting it that way. And, you know, it's. That's all you really can do. I think I think a lot of people were nervous on their first day of nationals. I, I watched even the Super Squad shoot their first couple of stages, and oh. um, people that don't normally make mistakes made a ton of mistakes on that first stage. Um, oh, yeah. I know Tyler wasn't super happy with it. He didn't. I don't think he had any mics on stage one, um, but he had a he had a hiccup there, and then on stage two he got a mic, and like Tyler doesn't get too many mics. So, um, uh, and then I saw a bunch of people like miss those three small mini poppers in the front, like that that caught up a lot of people. So. My tuxedo um, stage crushed a lot of hopes and dreams. Oh, the, the one you were ROing? Yeah. That one, that one wasn't too bad. I mean, you just, you really just had to call your shots on the tuxedos. I don't think I made any shots on those. Maybe one on the right, but it was just one where you just like, you don't want to take any makeup. So you just want to get those hits. Yeah. But there was, uh, there was a lot of mistakes, yeah, I, a lot of people that you wouldn't expect even the stage next door. And it, I don't, did anyone even have a clean match? I'm sure someone did. I feel like someone had to, but then I also don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think everyone had at least one. Yeah. So, so, I had one, so. For, for day two, you were in a zone, which had like the most, most points and the highest amount of points. So you really had to come back in that area of that zone. Yeah. A and C had the same number, which was higher, like 30 points higher than B. Um, 
I, I was actually the first shooter on our first stage in zone A. It was on stage three. That was like the one memory stage of the match with like all of the, the barrels back there and all the random targets. And I just like, I crushed it. Like I was just, I don't know what happened. I just, I was just like, I'm going to, we're going to forget about day one and we're just going to shoot it. And I just shot, or I think I shot second actually after Ethan. Um, but I just called all my hits on it and, uh, and it worked out really well. Didn't have any like mess ups or anything. So. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. And then, yeah. So there were only five stages on day one. Shut that one and then two smaller stages. And then we went over to uh, stages one and two, which was which were also big stages. And uh, I did okay on those. I think I got, I think I started to get kind of tired. Like it was like 5 p.m. And there was like a one hour wait between like stages five and one. And we were just sitting around for an hour. There was like some kind of hold up. Um, and I was just like, I just want to go home at this point. And like, I shot one, stages one and two. Okay. But not great. Like I was kind of just like going through the motions a little bit. I think, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like sometimes these matches leading up to nationals, at least don't really prepare us for AM, PM, AM or PM, AM, PM or whatever, because every single match we ever shoot. Well, maybe not you, but like for me, it's always going to be AM, 6 AM, 7 AM, 8 AM. doesn't matter. Three gun, USPSA, yeah. like you have indoor and maybe some other evening stuff, but like the daylight completely changes. You've got the sun setting in your eyes. You're not used to like coming in with a full stomach and then kind of lagging around until the evening, I guess. Yeah, that's actually specifically why I chose AM, PM, AM. Yeah. Um, and actually the PM day was, I mean, obviously day two was pretty good for me. So like it didn't really affect me. Um, but I tend to like shooting in the mornings. I just, I'm not even a morning person, but for whatever reason, when it comes to shooting, I just want to like shoot it in the morning when I'm like up and fresh. Uh, like whenever I go to my um, Thursday night indoor matches at Hoover Tactical, it's after a day's work, and then I gotta go shoot the match, and I, I'm I'm really tired. Um, like my first stage is usually not that great um, until I like, start to wake up a little bit. But you're absolutely right. I think um, I think next year I will do PMA and PM because it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. um, last year my PM day was my worst by far, and I chalked I chalked it up to like you said not shooting as well in the afternoon. But I really think it's just because my buddy Chase and I down an entire bottle of wine the night before on like day one um and not like not because i wanted to but we play this game where like you know it's called the game of life and basically like he got me and i had to drink like half a bottle of wine and then i got him right after like as he was gloating i got him right after and then he had to drink his bottle of wine. we just crushed it and then we sucked it at the match so i mean you're responsible for nationals but you know back then it was my first nationals and i was just like you know having a good time <laughs> What's the, why can't I think of it? The, the vodka thing, the drink, the, sh, what is it? Smirnoff. What is it? Ice. Oh, icing people. Is that similar? It's, it's kind of like that. So basically how, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say it for everyone to hear because basically you go up to someone and say, do you want to play the game of life with me? It, it lasts for the rest of your life. And like, they just have to say yes or no. And then you explain the rules. But basically it's kind of like if, if one of us calls game of life, like if I text him game of life and he's drinking something and he doesn't like mark his drink in some way, like, you know, physically, like, to tear the paper or something like that, then he has to chug that beer, like, or chug whatever he's holding. <laughs> and he poured me half a bottle of wine in a giant glass and handed <laughs> it to me, and then he game of life to me. And then I, and like, I don't know how he forgot, but he just, he poured himself. I was like, oh, this is a really good wine. You should try some. Let me pour you some. And I handed it to him. He takes a sip, and I'm like, game of life, bitch. <laughs> so we both had to drink. We basically drank, drank a whole bottle of wine. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh gosh. So going back to all right, day one and day two, 
did you look at scores after those two days to know like what you really needed to achieve on day three? Uh, yeah, I mean, I looked at the scores. Um, obviously, I don't. I think everyone does, right? You, you, you're kind of curious, but like something you learn quick is like you, you can't look at the scores at, in a multi-day match and like get any real information out of it. Like for example, after day two, um, I was looking at my scores compared to Super Squad. So after day two, it was. You know, other than all the people that had already finished the match, it was Siler, JJ, and then it was, like, my buddy Ethan and me, mm-hmm. above all the Super Squad guys. But you have to remember, they shot zones A and B, which, again, was 30 points lower. I, I shot zone C and A, so the two highest-scoring zones. Plus, Super Squad hadn't shot zone C yet, so all of our scores were, like, artificially inflated because the Super Squad guys hadn't, like, taken some of those top spots. So um, you can look just to like kind of see how you're doing, but you can't really compare. Like it, it's all going to change. Yep. Um, yep. Um, so anyways, uh, how, how did you feel? So you landed 12th place. You look up the scores, right? And what nationals is this? First, second? It's my second. Second? second okay. Did you feel let down or did you feel accomplished when you first saw it? Uh, it was kind of a mix. because okay, It was only a mix because... Like I said, my goal was to get super, my goal was to get super squad, and I told myself that would have been top ten. So like obviously, like I was a couple off, but I knew that like if I got 12th, 13th, or fourteenth, even there's probably still a good chance I make super squad next year anyway. Like some people drop out of the match; they don't want to shoot on the super squad for whatever reason. Um, so I was like, I'm okay with that. But in the moment, I was watching super squad shoot their very last stage, so I was watching all of the like all of the the super squatter scores like jump up and like push me down one, push me down one. And so after I shot, I was first or second place, oh, second place to Bill Drummond again <laughs> <laughs> in the unfinished scores. Um, so then Super Squash in their last stage and like obviously Siler, JJ, Casey, all of them were already above me. And I was looking at everyone else's points and I was like, all right, stage, whatever stage they're on was X amount of points. So this guy will put like Leaguer will, is going to beat me. Hyder's going to beat me. Like all these guys are going to beat me. But there were a few guys that were like right on that line. And I was like, this guy may beat me or may not, depending on how they do on that stage. So I was like looking at it and I was like, it's very realistic that I get ninth place. I remember thinking that, like ninth, because I think this is the cutoff where they're going to stop like getting above me and pushing me down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up 12th. So I was like, uh, you know, for a second there, I thought I was going to get ninth basically. So yeah. Um, yeah. So you had your hopes up on ninth, but you had your goals on top 2025. 20, so in reality, after all of that, then were you excited? Yeah, like at this point, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm pretty happy with where I landed. I mean, 12th nationally, like in this sport is, I mean, those guys are just such good shooters. Like every, like all those guys are just like killing it. And for someone like I've only been shooting like two years, like I said, like my the first one I ever bought was, I guess three years ago now. Um, so for someone like me, that's still relatively new compared to like some of these guys I've been shooting for like 20, 30 years. So, yeah. Um, I'm pretty like you know, blessed or happy to like be where I am. But um, yeah, no, I, I had no complaints about it. Awesome. Um, J- JJ commented on my Instagram and said, I expected better, but good job. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, thanks dad. <laughs> oh, awesome. um, no, he, uh, I think it was, I think it was like half joking, but um, no, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm just going to practice this year and, and do even better next year. So nice. Yeah. So after 2021, like you said, you made a list. Um, physical training will be one of them what else are you going to work on for next year okay so i think that's a good question um 
I'm going to keep working on execution and fundamentals for open at least. Um, I, I want to do some speed mode again because I, I, I was so relieved when nationals was over because I had just been like match moding and only shooting open. Like I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that like ventures out too much. Um, I find my one thing I want to do and I get really good at that one thing. Um, and like, I won't even, I'll try not to even like pick up another gun because I feel like it's going to like mess me up. But now that nationals is over, I feel like I can finally like shoot for fun again. Like not, not just other guns, but like I can actually like just run around like a maniac with my open gun on in like a local match again, instead of trying to get like, maximize my points um but after i do that for a little bit i'm going to try to um, build up my fundamentals a little bit more which is when i watch my videos i can just see like all the little mistakes that i make you know if i compare myself to like christian or jj like there's like a misstep here or there's like a half second lull where i could have been out of that position but i'm just like for whatever reason standing there like maybe i'm thinking i'm a reload or something um i want to clean all that stuff up it's it's all mental at a certain point this game is like totally mental um i'm not going to shoot very much faster than i shoot today um because we're humans but what i can do is perfect all the other little things yeah um so there's that and then i do want to start venturing out into other divisions so my whole like only shoot revolver sorry <laughs> uh i don't know i don't i don't know about that i don't think i'm going that low so there's there's all these different nationals next year um and i think after watching people shoot which which one two gun oh two um, gun yeah that'll be fun it's in colorado i just i know colorado is cool trip. but yeah it's it's gonna be a long trip um and the nationals being four four days is gonna be a, it's it's a long that's a lot of time because that's going to be like five six days that you have to take off work um yeah. and i work remote so like it's easier on me but like there are people that have to be at work they just can't take a whole week off just yep. for just to shoot like one match so yeah um but anyway um i think after seeing people shoot low cap nats at cmp i mean i live like 45 minutes from cmp and i never shoot any of the guns so i didn't even think about shooting the match but watching people shoot that match it looked really fun and that's when i decided i kind of want to shoot like limb 10 or something you know that mm -mm, no yeah you know you have to like count rounds right yeah i'm pretty good at counting out pouches and like shorter mags and like all that right well i have a i have that single i don't have a, i don't own a limited gun <laughs> i do have a single stack gun but it's it's like a 700 dollars uh springfield 45 like, completely stock 45 and like it, i can't reload with that thing like i i don't know if i have to like you know dremel my mags or my like you know, the bottom of like the Magwell opening or whatever, but like I just can't. So like I think I like the idea of being able to shoot the same platform that I shoot open in. Um I want to put a gas pedal on there because I don't know how to shoot a gun without a gas pedal. <laughs> like I don't. So I don't know where my thumb goes. Um so I need to work on that. Uh and then I want to shoot some carry optics. Um I want I have my shadow too with my uh <laughs> with my dovetail mount, which I will I will get that mailed eventually. Um <laughs> And I'll shoot Chaotics Nationals here because, again, I live really close to CMP and it's going to be there. So I'll shoot that. Um, yeah. <laughs> two gun. I just want to, yeah, I, I want to shoot two gun. I, I basically just want to like diversify a little bit and just like broaden my horizons instead of being like a one trick pony. I want to like, I feel like it's time to like start getting good at other things. Well, you shot a little bit of three gun this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I shoot three gun whenever I can just for fun. Um, I'm going to shoot Fort Benning in like three weeks, two or three weeks. Um, it's going to be my first major match, like major freaking match. Um, and I have like no expectations. Okay, um, the long range is going to kill me. Uh, what are you using your race gun holster? 
Yeah. And you're in Shane Finland. Lansby. Yeah. In a three-gun match. By the way, it always rains. There's clay. Oh, God. And then there's buckets that sometimes you dump your gun, and it's full of water. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Like I said, I'm going for fun. Um, so fun. I, so- I just don't think... So, like, pistol is obviously my... Um, my one advantage in that match right like yeah i shoot pistol very well i i shoot rifles okay like shotguns i've probably shot less than a thousand rounds of the shotgun in my entire life like that's the pistol is what's going to hold me up and if i can't shoot my like the gun that i'm used to shooting i'm just not going to have like any advantage or, or like basically the strongest part of my game will be nerfed pretty hard so yeah. i feel like i just have to shoot it good luck yeah, yeah good thanks luck. i mean it locks I, I, whenever I shoot three gun, I shoot my open gun. Um, yeah. And like, I've never had to crawl or anything like that. I don't think there's going to be much of that at, at bending. So. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, Skedco dummy. We had to crawl through a Cooper tunnel. There was under, over, under, over. And I mean, it was, I'll send you photos. Pouring rain, clay, freezing cold. And the mud was so, because it rained so bad, that by day three, your feet were getting stuck in the mud because it's so oh. much. And there's a tunnel that you had to go through and like slide your ammo can with your ammo in it to the end of it and crawl. It's no joke. And so those race holsters are just uh, not conducive to three gun on retention, but you know. Okay. Well, it'll be fine. You know, I'll be fine. You'll do better than I was. I just learned the hard way when I got a DQ and the pistol came out that I needed a hood. And that happened at um, Memorial with a couple of dudes. Their pistol came out of their holster because they got caught up on something when they were running and they didn't have a hood. So. Okay. I mean, obviously just hoping that doesn't happen. I'll try to be careful, but, um, yeah. like I just, I mean, I guess I have my shadow too. Um, <laughs> but even I don't have like a level two or three, like retention holster for that either. And I mean, I guess I, I've got some time to get one, but like I said, I, I'm just gonna shoot my open gun and you know, hope for the best. Yeah. I'll try to be really careful. Yeah. <laughs> if you reholster, that's always just do it slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, and there's, I'm not going to try to, like, game, like, a half second, like, trying to reholster really quickly or anything. I'm just going to, like... That's the difference in three-gun, you know? Like, we have hoods. Our draw is not as important. <laughs> Getting through the three-minute stage is important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, hopefully there's nothing too crazy. And, I never, like, luckily I've never had it. Like, nothing would. Never had my gun come out or anything like that. The lock's pretty good on that thing. And it's, like, kind of in a position where it's hard to, like, get to. You know, like, it's it's behind my, like, right hip. So, like... I can't wait. That'll be the most expensive gun on the entire range. And (laughs) I've never seen anyone shoot that. I love it. I got to see videos later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully everything works out and uh, I get to finish the match. So that'll that'll be my goal, I guess. (laughs) Finish the match. Sorry. So going back to shooting, digressing again on, on USPSA side, I don't know if you felt this, maybe, maybe just me, but I felt like a lot of the matches leading up to it, they semi prepared me for nationals. Obviously I'm not the level to compete. But like even locally, like I don't see partial swingers and half hip six swingers and all of these like no shoot swinger or the hardcover double swinger and all of that in a lot of these matches, even the mini popper 25, 35 yards. Do you think that these matches are like preparing people for this or is that something you really have to put in the work in your home range? Um, I think target presentations, like I said before, at nationals were pretty difficult. Um, I don't think most matches are like that. Um, and it really just depends because last year's nationals, I don't think was, it wasn't at that level either. Like we didn't have like a double swinger with like half the, like the bottom half cut out. Um, definitely a lot of swingers this match. I think I counted, I'm not going to even say, I I can't remember. There were 20 something, 20 something steel and like a bunch of swingers and whatnot. 
Um, I think it's just something you definitely have to prepare for at home because swingers are kind of hard to set up at a local match. Um, and like at, at our Brock's match, I, I want to set up more of those swingers and make them a little bit harder. But the equipment that we just have right, like right now isn't great. So we, we definitely need to upgrade that. But even um, the average shooter is not going to have access to a range with that equipment or even their own private property. I mean, the, the people on top have their own ranges, right? Like, yeah. Dude, I have my own steel and I can't bring it out because it's an insurance liability and I have my own insurance. It's like a, it's a catch 22 because I think that a lot of the locals, you want to keep the people that just shoot locals there and be happy, but you really need to challenge the people that are going to go shoot these harder matches. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I run the, um, or I help run the cover attack match and because it's in the indoor range, you can only shoot one direction Yeah, and it's, it's on the, like the 15 yard, I think we got like 25 yard, like pistol bay um or like the pistol range see it's kind of hard to make a complex stage when you can only shoot in one direction and you only got so much distance so i just i've been making the targets really hard there um and like sometimes people complain they're like oh, mike's just doing it to like prepare for majors and whatnot but like a bunch of our friends there that shoot their shoot majors so it's yeah. good practice for all of us but like i'll do like i'll do matches with like 15 targets and only two of them are open and then you'll have like headshot only tuxedos things like that that's kind of how you like add the difficulty without being able to like push targets far out or um, having all the contraptions i mean at some yeah. point the timing of the clamshells and the drop turners and all of that because uh-huh. yeah but I, I like the harder targets i think that that's helpful i hate i like burner stages right but i hate burner stages all the time at all these locals all the time it's like that doesn't prepare me we're, we're trying to get away from that I, I feel like we have a lot of hoser stuff um, especially in this area and then when you go shoot someone like Manny's match in Florida, it's very technical. And it's just like, I remember I, I shot my first Manny match. It was area six last year. And I was like, this is nothing like what I shoot at home. Yeah. And it's not that it was just harder. It was just had a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to different, I feel like different match directors or stage designers have their own like style, like flair. Oh yeah. Um, and it's good to shoot a lot of, a lot of different matches from different areas just to get accustomed to everything. So I learned that in three gun too, like every, every state or every master actor has their own flavor. Right. But it, it like takes a full circuit. So once you go to Fort Benning, you can figure out Fort Benning for next year. <laughs> and like, once you go to the other matches, like you're not going to do that well, because it's always going to be so different, different terrain, temperature, weather, like it's all. Yeah. Different. For sure. Yeah. Once you get that experience down though, like at a certain point, like, you know, it all kind of like melts together and then you, you kind of just get comfortable in whatever type of situation that they give you. I definitely want to shoot Dragon's Cup next year. It, it was on the same weekend as Area 6 this year. But we heard that match is, like, insane. Let's go. Road trip. No, Supervel yeah. takes care of them. Atlas is out there. I have to. Well, let's go to Dragon's Cup. Yeah, I think, like, all Dragon's guys Cup. Why yeah, there you go. I still need that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, speaking of locals, too, like, all of these matches, I feel like long lineup, like locals, you can push your speed, push your whatever. And then, you know, you've got your area matches that like get your mindset right almost. And then when they're a couple of days long, then you can really get that, you know, duration under, under your belt. So how does all of that kind of add up to, you know, doing well in nationals or meeting your goals? Uh, I guess, do you mean in terms of just like all of those matches, preparing you for nats or like yeah i mean i feel like i i try to do well i don't have a firearm that works um (laughs) but i feel like i mean i i did well at dothan i did well at at georgia and i kept my head in the game for area five even you know everything that i went through but the people that don't do that and put in the time not just locals but traveling like that's a whole different game oh yeah for sure i mean there's definitely a lot to it um 
like it's uh, the traveling definitely wears you out i mean even just driving back and forth like every day to nationals was is kind of a lot it's just kind of i was kind of over it and i hate driving so um <laughs> it's it you know it kind of adds up but it's good to like get yourself involved in a lot of those things because it just like every little factor definitely plays into your performance and i think i think doing that um just helps you quite a bit yeah um yeah, I think that's what you're, what you're asking but yeah yeah I have I have a question that you probably don't want to answer and you can't answer. I have two parts to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and I want to hear it. Okay, so we we already talked about the incident area five, but I'm not talking about area five in general. I'm talking about uh, two things like how do your friends squatting with your friends, like people that are supportive that you know that are there for you, how does that help your match? But little peasants like me who are on the lower scale really though no, don't say that yeah. no but like how does squatting with people you know that can't push you or that you know you're not competing at that that level kind of hold you back in ways um in terms of you know being on super squat that's probably going to help push you to do better right man that is such a good question and i feel like i could probably speak for like 20 minutes about this question because there's so many like facets of it um but i'll try to dumb it down so i feel like i want to know and people probably want to know well i guess the first part of the question how your friends help you i think sometimes squatting with my friends helps me but sometimes it hurts um and in some way that it hurts uh again like sometimes if you're just having too good of a time with your buddies like i'll catch myself just like chit-chatting and not visualizing visualizing like i'm supposed to and then i get up there and i'm like shit like i didn't visualize this like i should have um and so i just have to like go walk away and like close my eyes and like visualize for like 10 minutes um so that that can hurt another thing that specifically and this is like nothing wrong with like anybody this is just like the circumstance but um ethan howell was in my squad and uh he's also gm he's he's like the og gm we call him in alabama like he was yeah, he's the guy that everyone strives strives to be like. Um, he's a very good shooter. He was he plays right behind me um, at nationals, and I shoot with him a lot. And I know that we're he and I are always trading wins, right? So like he's like right, you know, we're like right at that level. And um, he when he's like when he's on one, like when he when he runs the stage super well, like he just kills it. It's insane, like. Like he is a very good shooter and he's just so fluid in his movements and, you know, you know, whatever. So watching him shoot kind of made me want to like, it kind of made me be like, I need to do something to like keep up with him. Like I need to shoot faster or I need to do whatever. But then I'd have to stop myself and say like, no, I can't do that. I just need to shoot my game. And like, I need to pretend like he's not here right now. Like I just don't look at his scores. Don't look at his hit factors at times, especially. And like try to match that because that's when I'm going to start making mistakes and then lose compared to everyone else that's shooting the match. Like I, I can't, I can't shoot my match to compete with one guy when I'm competing with 300 people. Um, so that's one thing I had to keep like checking myself on. And I think I do pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, but the other part of your question about um, shooting with like other people, like people I don't know, or maybe people at lower levels, I, I love doing that because it gives me a chance to like meet new people. Yeah. Um, and it gives me a chance to kind of like, you know, maybe show a couple things. Like I, I had a few, you know, a few people on my squad this year that were just asking me and Ethan questions. And it was cool to like give my perspective on that. Um, one thing I will say is sometimes if you get stuck with someone that's not at your level at all, whether that's someone above you or below you, um, it's hard to gauge how you're doing because no one else is like, I'm used to like comparing my times and scores with like Chase and Alex and, and like all the other guys around my level. But um, when you don't have that, I'll shoot a match and I'll be like, I don't know if I'm doing well or bad. Like, there's just no benchmark for me. Um, 
so that's one thing that is a little bit confusing sometimes but i think i'll probably just end it at that i think um but just a couple of thoughts if you see like the the person i do this so you see the person that's been shooting that's at this high level then do you ever want maybe not nationals but like at other matches do you ever try to like push yourself to shoot like they do they are and compare yourself to them rather than shooting your game like on the spot yeah oh yeah like at, at locals all the time um <laughs> still remember specifically uh i shot a match with ethan it was a local match at Moss branch in aniston and uh we're on the last stage and it was really close and I shot right before him and I shot it pretty well. And I was like, good luck, Ethan, you're going to need it. And then he just, and I shot it like two seconds faster than everyone else. It was like a, it was like a 12 second stage. I shot it in like 10 seconds and he shot it in like eight. And I was like, what? And he, I remember he like turned around and just gave me this look and I was just like, damn, all right, there you go. But uh, some, sometimes, um, sometimes it does, you do push each other. And he obviously was influenced by my shooting. He knew that he had to like pull something out. To, to win that match and he did and he won it so um, yeah. yeah that definitely that definitely happens too what do you think it's going to be like if you do or shoot with super squad whatever year that is or whatever what are you trying to mentally prepare yourself to be on I, don't, I don't even know like <laughs> it's going to be scary like that's all i've wanted but i know it's gonna be scary I, I definitely um the pressure gets me sometimes you know everyone gets nervous um so you know i don't think i'm alone in that but i was talking to um christian's parents at, at nationals at the awards team right now i was like you guys are gonna have to be like my my squad mom and dad for that for those three days if i'm on there because like you're gonna have to calm me down because it's gonna be like there's camera crews and the, the, like the the top 10 guys from the last year are there with you and it's just there's a lot of pressure um, mm-hmm. a lot of pressure um i do know jj um and this was this was months ago he was like when you make super squad for next year we need to plan our majors for the next year so you can get used to like shooting with like me um, and I was like, that is like, I, I would, I'd want nothing more than that. So that was, that was pretty cool. So, um, hopefully we can sync up on some majors next year, but, um, all these little things I think will help me prepare for that if that does happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is, uh, what is putting the work in at home when you're not on the range look like? What is your dry fire routine? Uh, yeah. So I guess, first of all, um, after nationals last year, I took like a, probably a month or so where I was like kind of on and off with my dry fire. But then when I was back into it, like I can count maybe less than 30 days where I didn't dry fire yeah. um, through the whole year. So I dry fire pretty much every day um, unless, unless I like shoot a live match and then I just kind of count that as my practice. But um, I'm always doing something with my gun every day. Um, I try to do it for like at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of time. I mean, it's hard to dry fire for more than 15 minutes. I get it. But like, yeah. if you think about it, um, when you shoot a local match, some people treat their matches as practice. If you shoot a six stage local match, that's like a minute of shooting Mm -hmm. and it's six reps of like a stage and you can do six reps of like a mock stage at home in like two minutes. So like if you're dry firing for 45 minutes every day, that's just like exponentially like it's, you know, that that's where you get your, get your uh, improvement. And so um, I dry fire my basement and I've, I've just literally got like 20 to 30 targets like plastered all over my walls like the basements it, 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 it's my room my wife, my wife doesn't go there so i'm really lucky with that i didn't know targeting... alabama had basements by the way what do you mean like alabama like florida doesn't oh, have basements. why would alabama have basements it's like a split foyer so technically it is basements underground but like it's like a weird um anyway i, I get some privacy there and um 
yeah i just have a bunch of and i like make stages so i like pick and choose targets and i like make a stage that's yeah. pretty quick it's like a six second stage um in dry fire and i just run those i just do like stand and shoot drills and accuracy drills um one like i said with my accuracy one thing that helped me a lot uh jacob taylor showed this to me and it literally like changed my life in shooting is um when there's like a for example when there's like a a paper target and then there's a no shoot under it like you know how like the top of the no shoot usually goes to like halfway through the ASN on the body like right up to that a um i used to just shoot like somewhere in the brown and i was never good at like those tough shots because sometimes i would hit it and sometimes i would hit low and hit the no shoot i was always scared of no shoots but he was like let's just find a spot like the top of the a zone on the body like that perf just put a dot right in the middle of that and that's where you aim every time and if you can do that then you're going to hit office most of the time and get a couple of Charlies above it. And I dry fired that for a little bit. And like now I, that's how I shoot every target. Yeah. So that changed everything. Um, but yeah, I just work on my fundamentals and work on my movement and, uh, and do that uh, pretty consistently. That's awesome. Awesome. So uh, I want to also know about your, your match mode, like your match director, um, <laughs> running local matches, setting up local okay. matches. Why do you do that? What do you enjoy about doing all of that? No, nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, I think if I were to say one thing about it, it's a lot more work than you would think. And there's four of us. Um, I'm a match director at two matches, technically. So one is Brock's Gap. It's our outdoor match. It's our monthly uh, outdoor match. And then every week on Thursday nights, um, I help set up for Hoover Tag. Um, and just running a match is so much more work than you think. Like, I know people like know that it's a lot of work, but it's it's more. There's so much stuff going on in the background. Um, setting up stages is the hardest part. And we are so fortunate that we've got a group of, you know, the four of us, plus usually between four and six other guys that consistently come out and help us set up those stages. So um, not only do we get different mat different stage designers designing different things, so you get, uh, you know, different feel for, on every stage, but, um, we just, I don't think we could do it without them because setting up stages takes a long time. Like yeah. it takes a long time um, <laughs> to set up a good stage at least. Um, at the end of the day, like we, we don't get paid for it or anything. Like it's completely volunteer. And I only, you know, I was the last match director to join. It was, it was just the three of them at first and then I joined last. I did it because if we don't do it, then no one else is going to do it and the match is going to die out. Yeah. Um, and like, this isn't like a, a bash on anybody, but when I first started shooting, uh, in this area, there was a match every single every single Saturday consistently. Mm -hmm. Like you, every single weekend, you would shoot some USPSA match, and they were all really good matches. But um, two of the four have kind of dwindled dwindled a little bit. Like life gets in the way. Um, sometimes people move away or whatever, stop shooting or whatever, and um, so now it's a little bit less consistent. Um, I just want to bring that back, or I just want to maintain that at least. Yeah, yeah. And this past year has been hard for all of the matches. I mean. Again, I know I'm a three gunner, but like we've had maybe three three gun matches this past year, and like yeah. they kind of switched it up. They added um like 22 divisions, so then none of the classifiers can count. It's not a USPSA match. I'm not going to drive an hour and a half one way to go shoot for no score for funsies. <laughs> yeah, sucks. Yeah, I think um yeah, like an hour and a half to two hours is kind of my limit. But yeah. like I said, all all of those ranges are within an hour from me, so that was super nice. Yeah. Um, and hopefully uh, we start seeing those come back a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. What do you wish uh, people knew about uh, match directing and putting stages down? <laughs> um, I think what, what I wanted to say is uh, 
it takes time to go get ice for your coolers. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> that's a shout out to. We forgot to get we forgot to get ice one time, and we didn't. We, we still aren't hearing the end of it. And it was it was a couple months ago when it was still kind of hot. So people were like, "Where's the ice?" And that's like the one thing that everyone's harped on. <laughs> yeah, but we still hear about it. And honestly, we went we meant to do it, and it was just a communication thing, and we didn't get it. But um. <laughs> No, it's, I mean, but that just shows there's so much stuff going on. Like, you think that we just, you know, we get there three hours early in the morning of, paste all the targets, uh, do all the steel. We have to think about how we want to present the targets. Um, we calibrate all the steel. We have to put out all the paste. Like, all these little things seem like, you know, obvious things. And then we have to set up the tablets and all that, do registration. And then if someone shows up 10 minutes late, you have to, like, redo everything and all that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. So definitely treat your match direct as well. Um, they definitely put in a lot of work and like I said, I don't, most of them don't get paid. They're doing it volunteer. So like, you know, they're doing it for you. So, you know, what do you want to say to the, the people that don't register in line and register day of five minutes before or the 10 minute before guy, just please don't, please don't. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but like, um, I've like the biggest thing for me is like when I'm doing it, I've already shuffled. Like I've asked people like, Hey, do you mind if I move you to this squad? Because there's 12 people on this squad and eight on this other one. I want the match to flow smoothly. And then someone shows up like right on, you know, right up, you know, five minutes before the match starts. It's like, well, now I got to like figure out where to put you and <laughs> have to add you to the tablets and you know, do all that stuff. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's something that everyone has to do. So like, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like complaining. No, too much or whatever, it's, but it's just, it's just another thing that you have to worry about when there's already so much stuff. Yeah. Um, no, hundred percent. I've had somebody walk around with their own tablet with just their name on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're borrowing yourself. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> oh man. Um, wrapping this up too. I wanted to talk a little bit about walking stages. I kind of skipped over this, but like, for people that are new shooters or newer shooters wanting to level up, um, how do you like walk stages? Like, what are you looking for and how do you come up with that stage plan? Yeah. Uh, so the first thing you want to do is like figure out where all the targets are. Like that seems obvious, but a lot of times you go up there and you start like walking, you get, you go to the start position, start walking or whatever, especially if it's a bigger stage or like, a, especially for a memory stage, you, you need to find where all the targets are first before you formulate anything. Um, but then you go up there and then you start thinking about how you can minimize the number of positions and whether you can eliminate some positions because every position that you add at in a stage is just another spot where you have to like slow down and then speed up again. And that's just lost time. Um, and, you know, I don't know if this is like super descriptive or whatever, but it really just depends on your skill level. So like um, your skill level and just your personal strengths. So like I may, I, like I said, I'm more of like a hoser guy. Like I drive on like fast shooting close targets. So if there's an option for me to like not lose too much time by walking forward and get gain like five yards on a bunch of targets, I will take that yeah. because I just know I will shoot better and I will actually shoot faster that way. Um, if you're like a more of a long distance guy, then it might benefit you to like, reduce your stage plan down to like two two uh positions and shoot everything from the back something like that i think a good example of that was stage with the six six poppers yeah oh actually no i I did the opposite with that one i I shot all the steel from the back but um stage 16 was the one with um two swingers in the front like uh it was the one we had to like shoot at the ground and three targets yeah so Swing. Yeah, so I started on the left. I shot the four targets, and then I went all the way to the right. 
mm-hmm. to the back right corner and shot those targets. And I went to the front right to the first swinger presentation. Mm-hmm. My original plan was before I go to the back right, just stay in the middle back and shoot the whole like front left section from back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then not only were there two walls, so you had to like find your spot perfectly and you had to like lean a little bit to see everything, but shooting from the front, it was a five yard distance. And those swingers are already kind of far away and the paper and the steel were far away. And it's like, if you miss that steel one time and have to make it up, that's pretty, it pretty much eliminates your entire, um, like the whole point of shooting from from the back and saving time. So I spent one more second to run to that far left corner and shoot everything from there because everything's closer. Everything is uh, better. And it's, it's only one second. Yeah. Um, so and I still and um, that, that was that was my first stage and that was the one I still ended up making one in the in the, in the static paper. So I guess that you know I undid all of the advantages I say I got from that, but like yeah. that was just my mistake. It was interesting. Like for for PCC, I shot the the six poppers where you go to the window or the back corner. I just shot them from the back corner, but I really well I got went from limited major to another limited major to open minor. So yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> that uh, thought. I really wanted your gun to run that day. <laughs> I know, right? The uh, but the gun that I was using too, like I, it was okay at the the bay, the fifteen yard, whatever side in bay, ten yard. It was really close. So when I went to that stage or a stage before that, I could not hit this freaking popper because I was doing the plan from the back. I was like, fuck. So then I had to go all the way up, just hit the stupid little popper. And I learned that that the hard way though, in a good way, because when I went to the next stage, there was a six from the top. I was like, I can't do this from the back because I don't know where the hell it is at. 25 yards i couldn't tell you so yeah was that uh are you talking about the same stage i was just talking about or no you're talking about the stupid swinger long shot are you talking about the one with the ammo can but we didn't shoot it with an ammo can that's 18 no i'm talking about the one where you have it was the da vinci sign it had the six steel poppers then you can go into the oh yeah 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 Okay. Yeah. And I went to the window with the pistol with the open gun. Cause I didn't know where it was hitting after not being able to hit the longer popper on the other stage. And then yeah, PCC, I shot it from the back. Gotcha. I yeah. I shot that one. From, I just knew that the whole stage depended on getting that steel one for one. And like I said, that's always been my weakness. So I just like forced myself to like do it, but I, I wanted to save that position. Yeah. Um, and shoot it off from the back, but yeah, either way, whichever works. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I wanted your gun to run and, uh, your gun ran at area five, right? Although you fell. I remember. I think it did. It ran at Dothan too. You did pretty well at Dothan. It ran at Dothan. I had to rack out one round on the shoot house. Yeah. Another. So here's my theory. It doesn't matter now. But at Georgia State and at Dothan, I had to rack out a couple of rounds. They didn't have primer sh- or yeah, they didn't have primer strikes or anything. I cleaned that bolt and taking it out, and it was a brand new bolt, brand new firing pin. But the firing pin hadn't snapped then. It snapped here. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't trust the bolt. The bolt's not taking a new firing pin. So I think the whole entire bolt's out of spec. And I think that's the problem the whole freaking time. That sucks. Wow. I well, I'm glad it. you did well at those other matches. Though. You want something to do with room? Yeah, they're back there. I got high lady and I got PCCB class win. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. You got high lady. There's only one high lady, though. Like, I feel like they should have split it in two, you know? Like, you shot PCC, right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. People yeah, always it, hate the rifle have, shooters. Now I'm the rifle shooter. They should have had one that was like high lady no, no. pistol and then one no. called high lady cheater. <laughs> I was going to say, hold on. You got to choose the right <laughs> gun. It's just like you shooting open. It's like, no, no, you just got to choose the right gun. I'm, I'm kidding with you, but I, I do think it's funny that everyone gets so bent out of shape about PCC when open wins almost all the time. Yeah, major power factor. It's there. like open is more of a cheater division than PCC. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is about PCC everyone hates. And, uh, 
I just think it's kind of funny. But you know. oh, I'm open, curious, hardcore. But I'm gonna have to get a reloading press, and learn how to reload, not blow up my hand. No. I, I I don't think you can. I don't think you can do it. I, I've seen you shoot, and I don't. I don't want you anywhere near a reloading press. <laughs> okay. I actually reloaded in college. Uh, yeah, it's too long ago. Yeah. I could do 38 special or super comp, and then have Ely load it. But that's yeah, just shoot Ely ammo. They're they're almost really great. I, I shot Ely ammo at uh, nationals, and I, I was super impressed with that stuff. Like it, you know being a factory loaded round i was like this isn't gonna be as, as good as my hand loads but i shot them side by side and they're like sometimes it's better like depending yeah. on the load like it's yeah. really nice yeah i just need a boyfriend that'll load my ammo for me <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah we've talked about this and we've got <laughs> a couple of candidates we just need to make something happen <laughs> <laughs> great i'm gonna have people asking about this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man uh okay so last question for you and yeah. you've kind of touched on it before but if open didn't exist um <laughs> is there any other shooting discipline so it doesn't have to be usdsa but is there any other shooting discipline yeah. or any other division that you would want to shoot and focus on i'd probably quit if there were no open. <laughs> um now that i've shot open i just don't think i could main any other division i do like i said i want to shoot everything i want to shoot um care optics then I'm going to take the dot off and try to shoot some production and then I'll shoot some like other iron sided stuff. But I have a feeling I'm going to shoot a couple of matches and just, and just want to get shoot open again. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, I definitely do want to get some practice in. I don't think I'm going to shoot anything other than USPSA or three gun. Um, I might shoot like a local IDPA match one time just to like, well, I, I used to shoot. Oh, one thing, when I forgot to say this, when you, uh, when you asked me about my first USPSA match, the first match I ever shot was an IDPA match when I lived in Delaware. Again, I didn't own a gun at the time. This was like in 2015, and I just randomly, like, I, I really randomly wanted to shoot some kind of like match, and I knew they were out there, so I went to this IDPA match. Um, there were like 40 guys there. Um, some were older, but some were like you know my age, and uh, they had paper scoring, no practice score or anything. Yeah. And I I went there and borrowed this really old dude's 1911 with like a leather holster, and I shot my first match ever. Like I have video of it. I just I, I'm super slow and everything, but. I, I won that match. Like I literally what? won first place at, at it. And the guy, the guy when he was finished scoring, he turned around. I still remember the look on his face. He's like, "You just won." And I was like, "I've never shot a match before." <laughs> so um, then when I shot that Hoover Tack match, I got destroyed, and I, I thought I was going to do a lot better. But you know, I guess that kind of you know shows. The guy you that lent you the gun, where was he upset that you beat him with his firearm? I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he said. I don't remember if he said anything to me. Like he just, <laughs> I don't remember. I do remember one guy, literally, like, I don't remember if it was on the show clear, but he shot the stage and he had a live round in. And, like, he turned around for some reason. He literally just did a 360 and sweeped everyone. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so that was my first match. It was a shit show. <laughs> but, you know, I did well, so. Yep, that's, uh, I don't, well, not one. I haven't shot PRS and I haven't shot IDPA, but I, I feel like I need to do it and want to do it because I need to, like, tell people about it or how to shoot it and, like, just understand it. Yeah. I, th I think um, it'd be cool to shoot some long range stuff because like I said, I'm really bad at it. Uh, that's something I might, I might do, but like the number of times I've shot more than a hundred yards with any gun, I can count on two fingers, like two hands. Um, I'm really bad at it. So uh, something I need to work on. It's fun. If you know your barrel and you have a chronograph and you know, your optic pretty well in your holds, you'll yeah. be fine. I did um, that to prepare for bending. So, yeah. I mean, it's super easy. They, every line is a hundred yards. So I'm just going to like, you know, Are you doing MOA. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I just realized that you probably, I, mean, I can't laugh. I don't, I'm sorry. I know you're this radical. may make me look really bad. I'm just, no, 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 you're radical. Not a gun guy. no, no, you're radical. Does it have like 
four or five tick marks or does it have all of the inches like a ruler everywhere uh it's it's just like a christmas tree i have a burris rt6 oh it's like it's a okay okay but it, it, they make it really easy every like i said every line is 100 yards so i just gotta figure out how far those those shots are and then just use whatever holdover um that i need to but you've chronographed your gun i i did and you put that data in to confirm that that i use uh stray lock yeah stray okay. lock pro Yep. So I use that and it confirmed that everything, you know, it's pretty much hundred yards. That'll make it easy then. So, yeah. Easy. And like I went out there to Brock's, we have like a six hundred yard, like up to a six hundred yard range for oh. rifle. And I was shooting the like the six hundred yard um I think it's like five fifty or something, but hitting yeah. the steel pretty consistently with the IMI ammo that I have. I love it. You'll be fine. Yeah, I think I'll be okay. It's just, you know, shooting during stage is obviously much different than shooting like on a bench sitting down. So Oh yeah positional <laughs> they always make that fun mag choice is a big thing <laughs> yeah yeah i saw someone in open use the the bipod right and he was gonna shoot off the bipod but his magazine was longer than bipods <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, there's all these things that'll come up i'm sure during the match that i've never like had to deal with because i don't have enough yeah. experience but like like i said it'll be fun you know i'm gonna enjoy it i'm going with a bunch of guys that are like really good guys that are, yeah um, they, you know, Dave, Dave Horn and Keegan, uh, they yeah, shoot a lot of squad. I think Christy's on that squad. There's a couple other people. Yeah. 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 yeah Watch Taylor. Well, He's a good shot. He, he wins a lot of the Altus matches. Yeah. He is very good. Very talented. Yeah. So they'll help me out. I'm sure. Love it. All right. Well, Mike, any final thoughts that you want to leave listeners with? Uh, yeah. I just want to say like, you know, as someone that's, Again, like I guess three years isn't really new anymore, but someone that's kind of like newer-ish to the sport, like I just like want to thank everyone because like I feel like this community actually is like really one of the best. And um, like when I first started, people were so helpful, especially like in the in the Birmingham area. Everyone was super um, super nice and super friendly, helping me get out there. Um, and actually, when I moved down here um, a few years ago with my wife, and we didn't know anybody, so like I was hanging out with coworkers for a while, but like I, I need a hobby to do. And for a while, I was kind of feeling like kind of lonely. Like I didn't have anyone to do anything with. Like we would hang out out home with my coworkers or whatever. But really, when I started shooting a little bit more, like that's when I found my core group of friends, and they really like helped me get through um, sometimes when I needed it. So yep. I just want to thank all them, um, and I thank all the mentors I've had that helped me um, through the way. I think I had a lot of really good mentors that helped me um, get to where I am today. So I wouldn't be there without without them. Um, so that's, that's it. Well, and then any shout out to uh, your sponsors or sponsor? Yeah, for sure. Um, Hero Tactical, I, I've mentioned them a bunch of times. They're a uh, gun range and store in Hoover, Alabama. So if you're in the area, definitely check them out. Um, like I said, I got my first gun there. And then a year or two later, I'm now on their shooting team. So um, Carrie is the is like the manager there. and He's super awesome. They take really good care of me and my two teammates. Um, so definitely want to you know shout them out and, and thank them so much because I definitely wouldn't be here without them. Like they, they've made all these matches and everything possible for me. So yeah, Thanks love it, love it. Well, Mike, how can people follow you on the socials? Uh, on the socials, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on like most of the main uh, main apps. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my Facebook is just Mike Wong, and then Instagram is also just Mike Wong with no spaces or anything like that. Um, I'm not on Twitter, but, uh, you can also type in Mike Wong on YouTube and you'll, a bunch of videos will come up. Um, I don't think there's any, any other big YouTuber, Mike Wong. So <laughs> thankfully for me. And then I don't think most of the shooting world's ready for this, but I'm on TikTok as well. So, um, <laughs> I think my name is, Ma it's, 
Mar7, like M-A-U-R-R-R-7. So I'll post a video on there once in a while. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a whole different kind of app, so. You're a nerd. Did, you should have been Lamar 007. Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could change my name to it. I might do that. <laughs> Chase is going to hate us. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. This is a lot of fun, and I enjoy seeing you all over the country. <laughs> oh, sure. Like, uh, I'm super glad we get to hang out when we do. And um, you know, I- I've actually listened to your podcast before, believe it or not. So um, you do super well. And I was actually, I was waiting for you to ask me. I was like, I want her to ask me. She needs some. She needs some diversity on this podcast, right? <laughs> but no, I, I, I've been waiting for it, and uh, I'm glad you asked, actually asked me. It's been really fun. Awesome. I'm glad you came on. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything without you and your friends, uh, keeping me, my gear together, my guns together. Yeah. <laughs> we do what we can. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. And I'm expecting big things out of you for 2022. I hope so. Same, same for myself. I'm going to try to keep it up and, um, hopefully we'll see some big things happen next year. Love it. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.